You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Father Greg Sackowitz with co-host Mark Teresi, our phone number 312-255-8408. The time is exactly 8.33 on this beautiful Monday morning. But again, stay at home, save lives. Uh, it's tough. It's tough, Very Mark. tough. And you have to be honest with yourself that since we've never gone through this, there are real feelings that people are dealing with. Just accept them. What I find is uh, now when I walk the street with my mask on, people literally are six feet away. Unfortunately, they don't make eye contact with you. They look like well, look down all. or look away. And my response is, folks, you can greet each other. You can wave. You know, we are human beings. We need that sense of welcome or hello as we even walk in the streets. Um, and I have to catch myself yeah. coming into the cathedral today. You know, hardly anybody's around. Four folks didn't have masks on, and I, I'm ready to jump on them. And I thought it's not my place, but they really don't understand that the mask is not only for them, it's for the folks that they Exactly. Encounter. It's a two-way street. We have a tremendous second-half program lined up. Father Bill Grogan, the Cardinal's Vicar for Health Care, joins us to talk about the overall impact of COVID-19 on the Church and our health care system. And with us also by phone, James Cifuentes, Senior Vice President, Mission and Community Development, St. Anthony Hospital. Good morning to Father Bill Grogran and to uh, James. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. James, are you there? You know what? It's Kathy Donahue oh, from Kath- Catholic Charities. Oh, yeah. Kathy Donahue. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Hi. How are you? Oh, so Hi, I guess James won't be on, but it be Kathy. Uh, Kathy, how are you doing? Good. I think uh, Jim is on next. Oh, he's on next. Okay, yeah, and it, yeah. uh, so you, Kathy, you've done a marvelous job as the uh, interim at Catholic Charities. Marvelous, marvelous job. And I thought your voice had changed when I heard the name. Uh, and many, <laughs> many years of commitment there. How many, Kathy? Forty. Forty years. Kathy, you've been in Catholic Charities for forty years. Yes, I started as a baby. But you're Just 39 kidding. years old. Just kidding. <laughs> like that my is, wife. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, thank you for both joining us. Uh, Bill, um, this is a very important topic we're talking about today, the whole COVID-19, the impact on the Catholic Church. And I want to make it very clear. A task force has started in the Archdiocese. What do we look like when things come back? And I'm going to tell people right now, it's going to be not a matter of just flipping the lights on and as usual, far from it. So, uh, first of all, Bill, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. And uh, again, congratulations and gratitude to Kathy and the other folks who I've put together on this panel today. Let me be direct and answer your question. Jim Cifuentes is going to respond really from the perspective of a hospital in a really financially and uh, challenged area with wonderful people, but the whole place of Catholic social justice advocating, not only providing clinical services. And then we have Dawn Mayer from the Franciscan Ministries, uh, which is an extensive network of care services, primarily for 
older people and the pastoral approach which they're addressing. Now, what we're going to be looking at post-COVID is the reality of how a topic that people in public health have known has been down the track for many years, especially since the SARS outbreak, and how public health has really, in many ways, been decimated. That's why we see this real catch-up approach that's taking place right now uh, nationally. But what we're going to see, I think, is a deepening an opportunity for a deepening of our faith, building on the legacy of the past. And by that, I mean we're going to belong to one another like soldiers who have gone through battle. So there will be a war experience psychology that I think offers greater depth experientially in the day-to-day lives of people and also the opportunity as a teachable moment for the pastors to connect that experience, that real-life experience that was shared not just one person at a time, not only that, but together as a group, like Dr. Gordon mentioned, a country going through war together for an extended period of time. And I think that's something that our Catholic faith will enrich us because we have the lived day-to-day experiences of Catholic charities, places of the 20 Catholic hospitals like St. Anthony's, and uh, extended pro-life witness at uh, places like Franciscan Ministries. Now, Bill, this is a this is Mark Tracy. This is a lifelong commitment for you. I remember years ago when you stayed at Clements and you were at Children's Memorial for your CPE. I mean, there's it's always been in your heart to do. And you're a lawyer too, right? Correct. And I would say that, and I would point out the difficulty is it points out that I'm 44 years a priest this year. And God bless you. you. God bless you, Bill. You finally was, found somebody older than Greg. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh my he came God. later. Praise he God. Came later. <laughs> Ordained four, three years apart. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I remember him as a lad behind me. <laughs> a lad. <laughs> but uh, what I would want to stress is. Um, it's part of our overall witness to the dignity of each person. And I did 10 years in parish work uh, mm-hmm. with a Hispanic, a French-speaking Afro, um, a persons from the former French colonies in Africa and Southeast Asia. But what is very clear is how healthcare, just like the priest visiting the classroom or the lay minister of communion like Dr. Gordon or yourselves in the communication ministry, we concretely personalize not only Christ's presence to us, but we point out he's sharing this cup of suffering with us. So there's an endless continuity of contact, whether it's bedside in the hospital, in the soup kitchen, or in the classroom. We're sharing where the realization, as we heard yesterday in the Gospel, Jesus appeared to the disciples, shared with them how he's present, and showed him he's present to the extent of suffering for and with us by showing him their wounds, showing them his wounds. Now, Kathy, I noticed when I opened the Chicago Catholic, the envelope fell out from the Mother's Day collection. Catholic Charities continuing to do your great ministry during this crisis. Um, How is that going? The ministry? Yes, yes. Stronger. I mean, if we didn't know how important we were before, we know it today. Um, You know, it wasn't hard for us because we already, we have 11 programs that we consider to be essential services. And I mean, people would die if we weren't there for them. Mm -hmm. So 
we just had to learn how to do it differently and learn how to wear protective gear, but we're still with our clients face-to-face in the community, in their homes, in vans, in shelters. And, peop- uh, and, I, and I know you keep delivering those uh, meals because uh, over, on, you know, over on LaSalle there because the cathedral is involved still on Thursdays and Fridays for the feeding of the poor and the homeless. Right. Now, you know, Kathy, I, we all know churches being closed are getting crushed financially because of the weekly collection. People are trying to be generous online or mail envelopes in. I'm sure it's also affecting Catholic charities. Yes, I mean our Mother's Day appeal. You know the churches are hurting, so mm-hmm. we're we're not going to go strong on the second collection. I mean yeah. not during this time. So yeah. instead, we've launched a COVID uh, response campaign, and we were lucky enough to get some ads uh, donated from Joe Madden and a couple of other people challenging the community at large to donate, and so we've seen some success with that, and we're hoping that we'll be okay in the end. Good. Well, I just trust in God this work is critical, and I think we're going to be okay. Good. Well, let's take a little break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about how the planning will be implemented for the parish in terms of coming back to the faithful. WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. Our telephone number, 312-255-8408. We'll be back in a few minutes. Father Bill Grogan, Kathy Donahue, uh, please stay tuned. to accept any gently used clothing donation that you have. Winter coats, boots, sweaters, pants, hats and gloves in all sizes are always appreciated at this time of year in our community clothing room. Also needed on an ongoing basis are new underwear and socks for guests who come to use the shower facilities in our Pope Francis Ministries. And all types of professional clothing for men and women are most welcome in our Mary's Closet wardrobe. The special collection of dressier clothes is offered to our clients who are preparing for job interviews. Drop-offs can be made at 721 North LaSalle Street or at any of our regional locations. For more information, call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackwitz, along with Mark Teresi. I also want to say thank you to Kathy Donahue, who had to leave in the last segment. Bill Grogan will remain. But now, now we have with us by phone Jim Sufuentes, Senior Vice President, Mission and Community Development at St. Anthony Hospital. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. I think Mark has a question for you because he says your name is ringing a bell. Mark asked a question. He's got a burning question for you, Jim. Well, I was just wondering where you went to school. Um, high school, Quigley South. Okay. 
Sí. And um, St. Joe's Grammar School, and then I finished off at St. Xavier University. Because okay. uh, Mark In knows Chicago. you. Mark yes. knows you. So you know a lot of the South guys that came to Niles College, and yes, I do. Yeah, uh-huh. I thought I thought the name was familiar. I won't reveal any of those stories. But Jim, <laughs> I was, was going to ask you a question. How did you become vice president, mission and community development at St. Anthony's? How did that happen? So it's interesting. I was working, and I've always worked in the communities on uh, kind of where I grew up. I grew up in the back of the yards. I was in Pilsen. I was working at the YMCA, and I had been part of um, St. Anthony forming um, form the QHC Esperanza, and I was asked to serve on the board. And first, I became the chairman of the board uh, for the health, uh, federally qualified health center. And at the time, the um, Senior Vice President, or the Vice President here of Mission, was leaving um, the position to pursue other opportunities and asked if I'd be interested. And I told him no, since <laughs> I was at the Y doing well and I didn't really know anything about healthcare. But he had kind of talked to me, said about my the the ability to have. Um, community experience, my background with working with the church, because I have. I'd worked for Mercy Home. I I was a youth minister as well. And uh, the fact that it'd be a new challenge, that's how I made my inroad at St. Anthony. I've been here 15 years. Now I got a question, Jim, the burning question for all parishes and hospital personnel is how has COVID-19 impacted your hospital, St. Anthony? Incredibly so. Um, Give an example. In the state of Illinois, when they do testing and finding out the rate of positive, it's a 20% rate in the state. In our area that we're in, the service area, we're close to 55% of the patients turning positive. Yes, exactly. So we would be considered, though it's not officially designated, though we're advocating to be a hotspot because... The number of people that are positive in our community is an incredibly high amount. Why would that be? Number one, you got a lot of the essential workers here. Um, oh, wow. And a lot of the people that are living in our communities don't have the space to quarantine. So yeah. they're going home, and there's not that space. So it is unfortunately not common right now to have family members in the hospital with COVID positive or waiting to see if they're positive within the same household. Now, are you finding, Jim, a good number of people who still are not taking this seriously, for example, not wearing masks, social distancing, still being together? I mean, you see this in uh, in television. I see walking down the street sometimes. Many people are taking it seriously, but I used to have others saying, oh, this is all so overrated. This is about the elections, da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm sure you want to just scream. You know, that has not necessarily been our experience. We've worked with, and because we're so focused in the community, we work with a lot of the community organizations. Our elected officials um, have been really key in making sure that we continue to educate the community. We have a bilingual community, really trilingual, and you think we also have the Asian-American community moving um, west. But we also have our director, our uh, director of, uh, infection control, Dr. Menalora, and fortunately, he is bilingual, Spanish, and we've been able to provide a lot of uh, Facebook time with community organizations to educate the communities and get their outreach um, from their network into 
a place where they can get questions answered. And some of that, along with other organizations, has really helped to kind of curb that area. I'm not saying it isn't, but I guess because of what we're seeing, that's not necessarily the case. Now, Father Bill, how is your office as Vicar for Healthcare? How are you working with the hospitals? Well, we were working primarily with the ta- through the task force because the initial challenge uh, and, uh, was to make sure that Catholics, especially the ones in non-Catholic ministries, could receive um, the sac- uh, sacraments, especially the last rites. The second area is we had conferences with both uh, the mission leaders and chaplains like Jim and Dawn um, uh, to ensure that they were re- uh, getting information of, and resources to sustain their ministry to the patients and also to the doctors and other bed, nurses and other bedside providers, like Jim was mentioning, how they're strongly involved in their communities, and hear back from them mm-hmm. what they were learning. And then the, with the ethicists, the whole question of uh, the rationing of health care, and I hope you have the chance to ask Jim a question in his advocacy around this whole question of what resources in a pandemic, how are they distributed, you know, clinically? Because they, in a hospital like Little Company and Mary OSF out south, let alone St. Bernard's or Mercy and really medical, I don't want to call them medical deserts because they're dedicated people working there, how they, we together can look at this. And the final point going forward, we're looking at connecting the hospitals with FQHCs, like Jim mentioned, and parishes through the ministers of care so they were able to see people in their homes and have referrals, you know, with their permission back to Catholic Healthcare Services. Okay, we're going to take a little break. Um, Jim, I know Bill had asked about that question. Maybe if you can stay on, we can ask when we come back from break. Um, WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackwitz, Father Bill Grogan, Jim Sifuentes, Senior Vice President, Mission Community Development, St. Anthony Hospital. We'll be back in a few minutes. home-delivered meals to seniors, evening-to-go meals for the homeless, financial assistance, counseling, and other services. These are all programs Catholic Charities has been providing for years to people in Cook and Lake Counties. And during the COVID-19 pandemic, we have worked to keep all of these programs going, never turning anyone away. The needs are urgent and they will grow, but we want you to know that we will be here, as we always have been, with food, housing, financial assistance, and ongoing support. Thank you to the many, many donors and partners helping us serve those most in need. We couldn't do it without you. Would you consider joining us too at this historic time? Go to catholiccharities.net to donate and to learn more about our volunteer opportunities. Thank you on behalf of all those we have the privilege to serve. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. The time is 8.52. This hour has certainly flown by. With us in, by phone, Father Bill Grogan, the Cardinal's Vicar for Healthcare, 
and also Jim Suventes, Senior Vice President, Mission Community Development. But joining us on phone, a longtime great friend, Dawn Mayer. Welcome to the program. And Dawn, you are with Franciscan Ministries. Ministries. How are mm-hmm. you, Dawn? I am doing well. Thank you for having us on today. It's an important topic. Very, very important topic. So maybe for a few moments, uh, Dawn, explain your ministry and how the whole COVID-19 has impacted the work that you do. Sure. I work with Franciscan Ministries in Mission Integration and Pastoral Care. We're sponsored by the Franciscan Sisters of Chicago. And in in Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, we sponsor life plan communities, continuing care retirement communities for our elders. So we have independent living, assisted living, memory support, and also skilled nursing. Obviously, this has been a very challenging mm-hmm. time for everyone. But I think in particular, our elders have been dealing with this crisis in a very unique way. How so, Don? In our communities, because of the risk of infection, we have enacted very strict protocols where, unfortunately, at this time, loved ones are not able to visit their, mm-hmm. their family member. Also, residents are needed, need to be separated from each other, again, to protect them. So things like gathering in our chapels for Mass, gathering for rosary and Bible study, even gathering in the dining room is not happening right now. Are they, in a sense, they, they're made to stay in their room? Well, we do try to have a schedule, a rolling schedule, so that uh, we we have people out in the community at different times, but certainly not anywhere near like it was before. Mm-hmm. We're really trying to keep this very vulnerable population as protected as possible because this virus is so very, very dangerous. So oh. we have uh, our staff, pastoral care, as well as other staff, um, helping our residents navigate not just the physical challenges of this time, but also the emotional and the spiritual challenges of this time. Now, Dawn, so, what challenges have you seen in your position? Well, day to day, our residents would spend a lot of time, obviously, with their families, but also talking with our staff, oh. who now are busy doing all kinds of other things. And that day to day interaction isn't as ongoing as it was just a, a short time ago. We're using a lot more technology, so we have chapel channels in our community, so we have our, our priest chaplain saying Mass in our chapel, and that's actually broadcast into the resident room. We have our pastoral care teams making intentional, personal pastoral care visits to folks, especially in independent living. Assisted living, there seems to be a lot more people kind of in and out of your room. Independent living folks are pretty much in their rooms, in their apartments. So making an intentional effort to be with them, to pray with them, to help ease some of their anxiety. We're trying to connect families to their loved ones through technology. Have a lot of FaceTime, Skype, and Zooming going mm-hmm. on these days. And while it's not the ideal situation, I think it certainly has helped a lot of people. I would, I would also want to say, Dawn, you are an extra, incredibly gifted person, hard worker. But I bet you've never worked harder because with this whole COVID-19 there is no playbook to go on, and you're kind of creating as you go along. And now you're dealing with the second half as we keep moving into May, what things are going to look like when things reopen. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the initial, obviously, phase of this was getting through the initial health crisis. Mm -hmm. But we are already very much planning for how are we going to begin to welcome families back, 
and what is our new normal going to look like? And yeah. as you well know, it's probably going to look significantly different than it has in the past. It's not a matter of just so, flipping lights back on. It's not just flipping lights back on. So, again, trying to handle the, uh, the emergent needs as they come before us day to day. I wanted to mention something. I think seniors uh, especially need to have purpose every day. And so one of the things we are trying to do with our seniors at any level of care is finding purpose and meaning in this day. So some of it is is asking our residents to particularly pray for other folks in the community by name, asking them to write cards. We're doing gift bags for our staff who are so, so hardworking these days. Mm -hmm. But so that they have, um, every day they have something that they can do that helps in this time of crisis as well. So really focusing on the spiritual dimension during this whole COVID-19. Well, first of all, our, our general minister, Sister Bernadette, wrote a prayer for the pandemic. And so as communities, we are praying that daily. We are having regular prayer circles with our staff. As uh, I'm sure other people have mentioned, our staff are extremely um, stressed at this time trying to navigate this new way of caring for people, but also dealing with their own anxieties of children at home and, you know, all the other things that all of us are dealing with. And so getting our staff together on a regular basis for those two-minute prayer circles, having our chapels be dedicated spaces where there's soft music playing, where they can go and decompress for just a few moments before they go back on the floor. It's interesting, Dawn. Go ahead. mm -hmm. And then, again, offering our appreciation in all kinds of different ways. We need to bring the program to a close. We couldn't bring Jim back in for the last segment because uh, Dawn has so much to say in terms of good stuff. It was interesting what you were saying, Dawn, and what Jim was saying does cross over the stress of people's lives, the new norm that is being shaped right now. So but I want to thank in a very special way Father Bill Grogren, the Cardinal's Vicar for Healthcare, and who has joined us for this last half hour. Uh, Jim Sifuentes, Senior Vice President of Mission and Community Development, and Don Mayer, who is with uh, Franciscan Ministries. Thank you very much to Bill, Jim, and Don for the great work you're doing. Our prayers are with you. And thank also you. thank Kathy, Kathy Donnie, who was on earlier. And to Mark Teresi, co-host, great job, Mark, as usual. Thank you. Stay healthy. And to our great work of the producer, Jim Dish, and great work of our engineer, Michael May. To all of you, God bless you. Stay safe and keep praying. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.